All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken Spoken. This is the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twiddle, here inside the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guy, Trevor Twidwell. What's going on, everybody? And Eddie Ortiz is going to be here tonight, later on. But uh, in the meantime, for episode 34, we are very, very excited. we got a lot to talk about tonight. Primarily Chiefs football, of course. As you guys can imagine, there's a lot going on that we're going to talk about for sure. But we decided, you know what? It's time. We have not talked enough Royals baseball on this podcast. We've had people ask about it. Because we want to believe there's a bright future ahead for the Royals. Because we know being in a small market, you got to pick your spots as far as when the success comes. And there's no one better to let us know about that future success than 610 Sports Radio's Royals insider, the man himself, Cody freaking Tap. Let's give it up for Cody Tap. How are you doing tonight, buddy? Thank you. I do like coming to a round of applause. <laughs> Makes me feel important. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Hey, we're man. glad you're here, man. I know, I know again... When I preface my, uh, I went, I went Facebook Live tonight before we did the show, and I said, "I'm going to preface this, guys. I know it's like the most random night to talk Royals a little bit. Yeah, but did something got- happened yesterday. With the Chiefs? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, we're still finding out the information. We don't know exactly what took place in the game, but um, at the same time, we wanted to make sure that we can get you in, and so we appreciate you taking your time to to come in here and let us know. Um, so you know, give us, give us, giving giving us your insight of what is going on in the world of uh, baseball, particularly in Kansas City, and. Um, we're going to get to that in a second. I, I do want to start, though, however, with the Chiefs, if that's okay with you, Cody. Um, biggest reason why, um, I think we all understand, we all realize that Patrick Mahomes is the most important athlete in our city. And since week one, we've had you know worries and scares about his health and if his ankle was going to hold up, if he was going to have to be rested. You know, There's been a lot of theories about that. Well, the, the Chiefs need to rest him. They just need to give him a couple weeks. And personally, I've thought that's been a little ridiculous. I felt like as long as he's healthy enough to play, because there is a difference between being injured and being hurt. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was more hurt than injured. Um, however, there was cause for concern. And the Broncos game was going to be a very – Odd game for me because of the fact that you looked at it at the beginning of the schedule, at the beginning of the season, you looked at the schedule and think, and the Broncos are going to be bad this year. The Chiefs are going to be incredible. This is just one of those automatic W's. But as the week came and as it got closer, I was getting worried. And I was starting to get to that place where I felt like, man, the Chiefs better come out and score points because they've had so much trouble in the first quarter of every game, almost every single game scoring. They better come out so they force Joe Flacco to throw the ball because if they let Phillip Lindsay get off and get 25, 30 rushes, they're losing this game. The Chiefs went out and did that, and I am so proud to say the Chiefs went out there and played a full game, uh, uh, an entire complimentary game where the entire team played together for the first time all season. Quite frankly, maybe the first time since the divisional round against the Colts, and that was something I would look forward to. And, and if and if we were sitting here going, man, that's all that happened last night, we are in the best mood possible right now as Chiefs fans. Mm. They they needed it, right? They needed the win for what it was and what mattered at that time. The crazy part was is the reason why you felt bad is because they had gone back-to-back games and losing in the exact same way. Right. And then the at team home. who runs the ball pretty well was pretty good. And I think people probably lost a little sight that at least the teams they had lost to the previous two games can beat other teams. And still, it's still Flacco. 
Wasn't yeah. that a quick reminder? Matt Moore outplayed him. <laughs> yeah. Like it was so like quickly that was washed away. You know, the point to like talk about the game at least a little bit was they went down 6-0 there quick too. Like the, the, the initial part of the game was like, oh no. It's about to be eight. It's about to be eight though. They gave him yeah, they gave him they gave him two free third downs on yep. penalties. You're like, well, this is the same old story. Yeah. And here we go again. But how quickly they kind of responded to that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it you'd feel a lot different. You're right. Because you'd have complete control of the division. It's pretty clear the Chiefs are the best team in the division. That that was long set aside, even if you just take their defense at what it's been the previous weeks. But yeah. still, you know, because of what happened. Yeah, and that's and that's <laughs> what we're gonna ultimately get to. There is the elephant in the room for sure. Because like I said, we we've all kind of had this scare now, man, we gotta keep Patrick healthy. And that is where my frustration stems. Because I think we all can agree injuries are inevitable in sports, let alone a violent sport like football. Well, you know sure. that the injuries are going to take place, even to quarterbacks, even to great quarterbacks. No one is exempt from that possibility. But what upsets me about how Patrick Mahomes got hurt, and I and anybody that follows me on Twitter saw that I was up in my feelings last night. I was no, super, super, no. super pissed, man, because, yeah. because it, it, it is such a frustrating thing, let alone Patrick Mahomes getting hurt in the context of how he got hurt and the fact that, again, this was like the first time that we had seen this, this current Chiefs Really put it together. Like the defense looked super motivated. They were effective. Yeah. They were they were aggressive. Like it felt like everything was clicking. You're running the ball. Yeah, yeah. and and then and then it's it, yes. That's see that's the thing right there. That's yeah. what upset me last night yeah, the I was, most. I was super pissed. Was was the fact that you know I and I've gotten slander mm-hmm. upon slander on social media because of where I stand on this because I directly blame Andy Reid for why Patrick Mahomes got hurt and I and I will die on that hill because it's a hill of you, facts. You will. Yeah. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. The reason why it is not the fact. Of the, it was a quarterback sneak that I'm upset. Mm-hmm. It, that, no, you're right. People say, well, they, no one ever gets hurt on quarterback sneaks. That's very true. Very rarely do quarterbacks get hurt on that. It's a very safe play. Mm-hmm. It's the context of the play. It was a bad play call. And the fact, it ta- to add to it, Patrick Mahomes was, uh, Patrick Mahomes was already hurt. It's only yes, a bad but, play call because of the timing of the game. That's the my point. quarter, we weren't trying to get a win. Yes. Like, it wasn't like the game wasn't on the line. You know, we were, it was early, early in the game. That's the only reason it was bad. Besides that, I don't mind the play call at all, even if he is banged up. And that's the, that's, had nothing to do with his and, ankle. And, and, Cody, that's the part of my frustration is the fact that if the play was necessary, let's say it was in the fourth quarter and the Chiefs were trailing by a field goal. Right. And they had to get that fourth down conversion, right? It's an efficient play. And he gets hurt in that play. I'm not going to be upset with Andy Reid. But like I said, contextualize it. Why are you calling that when not only is Patrick Holmes already hobbled and you're basically inviting contact, but also the fact that the run game to start the game looked better than it has all at least since week one. And you have guys that are averaging almost five yards a carry. You have three healthy running backs and Anthony Sherman, who already was effective in that same drive. Yeah. Why in the hell are you making that call? Cody, help me out here, man. First, I, I completely understand this side of it. The side that is, he's hurt, don't make him run, that's crazy. But the other, like for me, like I, I look back at that play because I was trying to decide, like my gut instinct is like, oh God, to go down that way. One, to say, ah, he's hurt, how could you let him run and get hurt? Like, he didn't hurt his ankle. Right. Like he didn't put himself at risk for that injury. A different weird thing happened inside of that. Now you're right, you are going to get hit. No matter what, if you're in that, you're going to fall down a certain way. You know it's going to go that way. I think you're risking the ankle in some way by doing it. But you're not – but but he wasn't hurt on the ankle. Like, that's what's so – for me, like, the fallback on it is, like, my initial thought was, like, you can't do it in this moment. But – and while the Chiefs haven't always been this team, Andy, you know, like, other teams use the quarterback sneak 
five times a game. The Patriots are a perfect example of that. Right. They're like, we need one yard. Great, Tom. Just 45-year-old Tom, get out there. Scoot on up. Yeah. Please do. Please, sir. Let's do <laughs> yes. this. Yeah. And the Chiefs had just, like, just stopped the Broncos for trying to do it the way you're talking about. Like, look, we're just gonna we're just gonna push forward. Yeah. We're gonna take our chances with the banged up offensive line. Like when I fall on it, I'm not like I don't get as pissed. Like I see the play call, I'm like, I probably wouldn't have gone that way. But also, it's not it's a somewhat normal call mm-hmm. in that situation. And I think if you're looking like Andy takes some bear the blame because he called a play in which his quarterback got hurt. But it just depends. Like you're saying, hey, there's no risk in him getting hurt if you just hand the ball off. That's probably true. And while it's, I think, you know, like on our, like Sean Levine at our station was saying, well, you know, what's the matter? It's the Broncos. Like, well, told him now. But to be clear, <laughs> you are down a touchdown yeah. on the road. If you don't get it, you've now just squandered your entire offensive drive and the first quarter's ticking away. Right. It's a little bit of a different game. It's not on the line, but you, you kind of needed that. I, I don't think at that, at that point of the game, anyone think it was going to end up 30 to six? No, I mean I picked no. the Chiefs scored thirty points, so I yeah. nailed it. But I yeah, expect- you thought the Broncos were going to put up twenty four, right? Twenty two, yeah, twenty two, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we all thought they put up more points than they did. Yeah, we didn't expect that from the defense. At exactly. All. No, incredible. Exactly. God, I mean, who, who it was incredible, that? man. That was their best effort yeah. in two if years by far. If we can just get a- last two seasons. I would say, I would say the Bengals game of last season was the last time we yeah. saw the defense. I mean, the Colts game in the division round, the defense did play pretty well. We, I will give they them did. that, but in regular season, it has been a full calendar year Frank Clark, since the offense. The defense looks looked so that good, man. I'm so he needed that. We needed to see that. If we can get a third of that moving forward for the rest of the season, just that intensity that they brought, not only just the production, but just the intensity and the attitude that they brought. Well, if we can just do, get every week just a third of that. Like that's all. That's all I'm asking for. And, and like, and that's the guy you have to have. The right. guys who stand out to me are. You know, I think he played 37% of the snaps. Like Reggie Ragland, you're like, boy, you showed up with that. Good. He looked good, too. He looked fresh. Like, great, if you're going to play 37% and that's what you get. Yeah, you throw Chris Jones in the mix. Imagine we had Chris Jones last night. No, no. I mean, well, and that's, you know. Man, 11, 12 sacks probably at least. That's the part of the two losses where people were starting to melt down and be like, this team's no good. The right. defense can't play. You're like, first, they are without their best defensive player. Yeah. Whatever Frank Clark makes, let's just leave that what it is. Their <laughs> best defensive player is Chris Jones. No doubt. So they're out him whatever. It's just like contextually, mm-hmm. like the first quarter part is like, why? Do you, do you have to do it now? Yeah. But it is a really inherently safe play. Right. And that's yeah. why that's why yeah, I, that's I am the taking the stance. Like, I was getting in debates. Like, my guy Clay won the road. I understand he's my, my, he's my really buddy. Like, you know, we were going at it. A lot of Chiefs fans were, were clamoring with me about it. I get – I'm not – listen, I don't, want, I don't want to debate what the play is. I get the play is very safe. My point is if you just look at the big picture of it, they could have – I mean, it, there were so many other avenues of success you could have went, and you're keeping Patrick from getting hit because it is a guarantee you're going to get hit on a quarterback sneak. Yeah. It may not – it may be minimal. My point is that he's in a place right now where you have to protect him because of the fact he's still healing. And even though it wasn't the same leg, even though it wasn't his ankle, I'm not trying to associate yes. the yeah. two, but it is a fact of the situation. That he was hurt. That he was hurt, exactly. So you've got to protect your hurt player, especially when yeah, he has your they, franchise. It's funny, it's funny because – like the thing that Andy gets accused of in the red zone is being cute. Right. Like in that moment, you know what Andy actually does? Yeah. Jet sweep to DeAnthony Thomas. No, I didn't say yeah. Hill. Yeah. I didn't say, it's yeah. Byron Pringle on the handle. Right. Right. It's that. That's what he gets accused of. And he goes with like the vanilla. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. This is what everyone yeah, would do. If he would have called a play. Mahomes yeah. up the middle. This if they would have called a play from Mahomes and roll out, and he gets rolled up on by Von Miller. Yeah, the option play with Mahomes. We're going to piss it either way. That's an option play so different, though. They weren't an option there, and he 
dislocates him Patel, you're like, what <laughs> is happening yeah, yeah. here? See, before the season started, I was up at training camp a lot this year. And the thing I said, um, my buddy Shaggy Shane, I do, you know, I do a show with him sometimes. And the, the thing I said up there at training camp with him was what I wanted to see from the offense this year. Obviously, you're going to get the big plays with Patty, with Patty, because of the fact that's just who he is. He's incredible. He's a highlight reel waiting to happen. But I wanted to see the offense be efficient and get those 10, 12, 13 play drives this year to keep the ball and to keep the defense off the field because the first I'm still drive is exactly that. Exactly. See, this that's what we needed to see more. And so now, now with Patty being hurt, it was all more prevalent to me as a fan to say, hey, look, let's make sure the ball's getting out quicker. Let's play a little bit more of a conservative-ish style offense, even though I know that they're gonna still go for the big play because you got Tyree Kill back, and that's just naturally what this offense is about. But as concern I had, and this even goes back to the Texans game, and I was gonna touch on that a lot too, because I wasn't so, I wasn't of the belief so that Patrick Mahomes. Holmes is going to be out for a month now. But when it comes to the Texans, even the Colts game, it felt like, and I again, I know that Tyreek Hill was just getting back, but it felt like Andy Reid has fallen so in love with the highlight plays that Patty makes that he forgets how to organize and scheme a, a consistent and efficient offense where you have a balanced attack. I'm not expecting the run game to dominate because that's not what we have. We don't have a Kareem Hunt in the backfield anymore. But what I am expecting is to take some of the pressure off of Patrick so we're not every single one is a six-step drop and he's holding the ball for four seconds yeah. with Cam Irving a revolving door improvise. at left yeah. tackle. That's how people get hurt. That's he's what I'm trying script. to say. He's better scripted. Right. That's a long established – and that's not even a knock on Andy. Almost everyone is. Yeah. But he's the second most efficient coach this year when it's scripted because he does what you're talking about. He mixes in some runs or sometimes he'll go all pass. It doesn't matter. But it's a variation of what his offense does. He's better in those moments. Outside of that, I think like some of it is expecting people to grow as a coach. And Andy has. He has. He has a lot. He changed some of his mindset, I think, when Patrick Mahomes came around yeah. too. But he does still get lost in the weeds where, hell, man, it was Matt Moore out there. They were throwing on second and two. Mm-hmm. Seven-step drops, taking 15-yard shots down the field. Okay, so at least, you know, some part of it is like this is who Andy is now, which I I honestly don't mind. You're right. They've lost some like mid offense, which is like the weirdest thing for a team to lose. Mm-hmm. There aren't many just like we'll just make big plays and nothing else. Those offenses <laughs> don't exist. It's either the teams who are far too conservative or the teams who just, you know, like the Saints or the Patriots of the world who just dink and duck you to death. We'll kill you seven yards at a time the entire way down the field. Yeah, surgical. Yeah, Andy has been 10, 15, 20 yards for two years now. And I, with Mahomes, I can't blame him. Sure. Right. And I think some of that is on Mahomes, too, because I think that's inherently who he is. Yeah, I mean, in Texas Tech, you watch his highlights or you just watch the games. He knew, look, I have the worst, literally, ask Jay Binkley. He, he lets us know every time he's on the show <laughs> that he had the worst defense ranked in college football. And back at White House in his, in his high school yeah. years, worst defense in their entire conference. Right. My point, though, is, is that – Or in Kansas City, he's just been getting some – I just want him to make him feel right at home. <laughs> it hasn't been the worst defense in the NFL. God, it's been it's close been the last couple It's been pretty damn bad, yeah. man. But, no, th- th- that, that's my whole thing is that I, I just feel like if you're not setting him up for success, him being Patrick – I feel like you can almost unintentionally set him up for failure and him still being a young quarterback. There are things he's going to have to still learn. Granted, he's far ahead of the curve. I mean, take the the deep route out because then you only give him the middle. Right. That's what I'm saying. I feel I I often, I often associate the Kansas city Chiefs, and I I don't like to usually do like the cross 
uh, of, of pro sports, but I do I do associate them or compare them to the Golden State Warriors where they shot a lot of threes and, and were successful because of it. But like the Golden State Warriors, in order for them to be successful, they have to be healthy and you have to get a lot of luck too. Because if you, if you look at the Golden State Warriors when they ran on when they went on their runs and they won titles, they got a lot of lucky breaks on the way. Teams were getting hurt. They didn't have to face as, as great a competition. The Chiefs can't rely on that to happen. So you have to be able to hit the mid-range. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not, I don't want to be overly critical where it feels like no matter what Andy does, we don't win or he doesn't win. Because in the Alex Smith era, I hated the fact that we never took the shots. So I don't want to be the guy that now that we're taking all the shots, I'm mad that we're not taking the conservative approach. My point is when your quarterback, your franchise, the best quarterback in the NFL is hobbled, because I didn't bitch about this stuff at all last season because dude was healthy. And, and before the Jags, before he got hurt in the Jags game, I was loving the fact they were chucking the rock all over the field. Hill was healthy too. Exactly, that matters a lot. And, oh, and yeah. for the mid game too, people only think of him as the hitter. No, 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 no. He's getting space. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's just. It, he gives everyone space. You, right, right. you mentioned like, the jet sweep. Everyone's. You mentioned yeah, the jet sweep. Tyreek does it. Kelsey was getting open often. Last night. Yeah, it exactly. Good, it was good to see, and you can see that's definitely the Tyreek Hill effect. So, so the good news obviously is the fact that. Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, all the main big-time reporters have have made the uh, the news that you know it, it's not nearly as bad as some of us initially anticipated. I remember yeah. you, Trevor. You called me as soon as yeah. it happened. You're like, my, dude, he broke his leg. To my stomach. I about I puked. Yeah, myself. I, mean, I had a few pops myself before Just it happened. He was but... like putting his hands on his head and like shaking his head. Yeah. Like, I thought. I sent out that tweet in the video, and you're like, wait, it sure looks like he's just like going. Yeah. It was like with Mondesi when they popped his shoulder in the second time. You're like. Yeah, they just put that back in the place. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was pretty clear they put something back into Mahomes' leg, and you're like, well, Ugh. you know, that's probably not good. Yeah, and so the good sign was the fact that he did walk off the field. Now, they did say that he refused did that more. Back. Yeah, he refused because he didn't want his team to get it, down. Man. If he'd have got carted off, I think the Chiefs don't. I don't know if they lose, but that game gets a lot closer because I don't think the morale is as high. Yeah. Um, and, and this is something I wanted to be – the reason I brought Andy into all this is because, you know, everyone talked about, man, he looked so pumped up after the game. He was so excited. Yeah. Because imagine if he'd have lost Mahomes and that game. Like, imagine what the narrative would be in Kansas City right now. They bring the Broncos within one, and they're yeah. going to have to start Matt Moore for a month. Exactly. And the within one as well. You'd so feel fucked. Too. You'd yeah. feel bad. Oh, absolutely. Oh. And that's, that's the point is that now the Chiefs have this cushion because if the Raiders do lose in Green Bay this week, which they will, if they lose in Green really? Bay this week, oh, they will. They absolutely – I'll put money on that. Got a whole week of Matt Moore to, the, the, or a whole two days of Matt Moore to prep. Green Bay, Green Bay wins that <laughs> – Green Bay wins that – Jesus Christ. Green Bay, <laughs> Green Bay wins that game. The Chiefs are up three – games in the division they already won in oakland they've yeah. now won in denver and they'll be winning probably an arrowhead west in a few weeks as well with with the chargers so yes the chiefs do have cushion but i mean and, and matt moore's a fine backup in fact i wanted him i yeah. said last year i would rather have him over chad Henney. my point though is there's a dramatic drop off and patrick mahomes has filled so many holes on this roster for the last two seasons that i think that the chiefs although again Give all the defense, all the credit in the world for what they did last night. However, I think if we're going to be totally real here, guys, I think that game had a lot more to do with who we were playing than the Chiefs' defense. Because let's be honest, if the if, if the Broncos, Broncos is so bad, thank yeah. you, thank Good. you. I'm holding First, on the ball forever. Man. This isn't a knock. Like I, you know, my friend Nolan's a big Ravens fan. We got into it a couple times. I'm, like, I'm not saying Flacco's entire career is trash. Yeah. I'm saying as he sits right now, he is trash. He's absolute garbage. He can't. Play. He is the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. That's 
really Even bad. Worse than Case if, Keenum. if Drew Locke was healthy, Drew Locke is playing. That, that's just a fact. I do yeah. get some personal joy out of John Elway continuing to yes. get every quarterback decision wrong for eternity. If he's six, it's six, the Michael I'll Jordan stuff, man. It's just Kwame Brown, and he sits in there and he's like, and he "Just saw, do what I did." He saw something. You're just as athletic man. as me. Come on, Joe. <laughs> I was helicoptering to Super Bowls at your age. You're like. Yeah, man, I'm not good anymore. I can't do this. <laughs> I think the f- also I don't have Terrell Davis. Right. Do you have that? I, I think my favorite thing about John Elway this offseason when he took Flacco is he said that he feels like he is entering his prime. Now, granted, yeah. that's probably speak to the fans. But, you but know, like, yeah. there's a difference between speak to the fan and say delusional shit. That is yeah. exactly like, right. Like, like say, speak lying, to the man. fans saying we think Joe Flacco can still play and he gives with our defense gives us a chance to get back into the playoffs and do the things we need to do. Say that we're still like. Ha! Hilarious, John. Right. No, we don't think that that's true. But when you say he's entering his prime, you're like, of what? Yeah. yeah. Retirement years? Yeah. He's he's pretty much swinging right into those. This is the funniest thing. They got rid of Case Keenum, and then insane. they paid Flacco, and the production is damn near identical. Actually, I, actually worse than Case Keenum was. I don't – and they went for Cousins, and they tried to give Osweiler 72, right. and you're like, damn, yeah. you might want to just let somebody else make this one decision. <laughs> Knock it all out. John, you do yeah. fine job drafting defensive players – You've put some good people in hand, but just maybe go ahead and, you know, let somebody else handle that. And, and just real quick on the quarterback end. Yeah, go ahead. For the people that like Matt Moore, Henny, the idea of going out and signing somebody else is stupid. Yeah. They don't need to trade for Mariota. We got Anthony Sherman. Or sign, I think someone suggested. I, they were dead serious, yeah. Jay Cutler. Like, <laughs> like, is this real? Oh, no. Do you really think That's like that the worst this... locker room guy to bring in this. <laughs> well, he's also 38 years no, old. Just, I can just, just imagine him in the locker room like, yeah, fuck it. Like, yeah. just smoking a cigarette by his locker. Like, come on up, guys. <laughs> like, no, don't. Don't do this. Don't, don't do this. And I like color. Talk yeah, about yeah. like a fun, like, yeah, yeah, sports yeah. radio. Do I want Cutler in Kansas City for selfish reasons? Oh, yeah, probably. Course. Yeah, <laughs> probably. I get paid for that stuff. That sounds great. Oh, PR on that guy. Yeah, great. but but the rest of it, like it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if you think it's Cap. It doesn't matter if you think it's Cutler or trade for Mariota or trade for Eli Manning. None of those make Eli any Manning. sense in the short term. You're better off just going with a guy who knows the system, yeah. who's been around with Andy, right. and just handle things for a month. Well, yeah, that's the thing is in regards to this. I think that is just a sheer act of desperation. I I, I would understand the conversation if. Let's say we heard that Patrick Mahomes is going to miss six to eight weeks for the rest of the season. Okay, you can entertain that. But if you're looking around, like like you mentioned Mariota, the thing about that is, yes, he did get benched so the Titans would lose some leverage as far as value and return return value. But you know they're going to ask for at least a mid-round pick. And I'm yep. not giving up a mid-round pick for Marcus Mariota, who's no. got benched for, for Ryan Tannehill. It's not happening. Yeah, so no. that's, that's my point. So And, and this, this is why I'm so frustrated about all this, because it just – Yes, the Chiefs just won their eighth straight game against the Broncos. They absolutely own that team. They own that franchise. They own Denver right now. And, and so we should be sitting here reflecting on an incredible win, but yet we're still sitting here, guys, talking about when are we getting our MVP back? Is he going to be – when he gets back, is he going to be okay? Like there's a lot of concern still. And this 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 season has really gone away I was not expecting because I don't know – I didn't know your thoughts on the season before the season started, Cody, but we all had Super Bowl aspirations. I would have thought – 13, but, but like I gave my, you know, we did predictions and stuff like that. 13 wins, and I would have thought in line for a Super Bowl. I still wasn't convinced. It was getting past the Patriots. It's yeah. like until the king is dead, <laughs> it just feels like, good God, no, can yeah. somebody ever get past this giant? That's rational, man. Um, sure. But, but yeah, that was a Super Bowl contending team. I still kind of feel that way. But they have to find some way to, like, hold enough water. They have to win the division. Mm-hmm. There's no way out now. I think they can win a road playoff game or two, 
But anytime you step foot in Foxborough, I don't care if you're like, well, the last one was at Arrowhead, then I go great. I'm like, yeah, that still, man, beast, man. Foxborough is a really hard place to win. Like, as much as, like, you know, all forget the Alex Smith era for whatever. Like, I know you've had different opinions, or I still think it was fine for what it was and what it was supposed to be. He maybe played one of the best games of his career in a playoff game in Foxborough. Mm. He lost by 10. Yeah. Like, yeah. It wasn't even, they, you know, they played pretty good. Yeah. And it was like, man, eh, you still can't win. So that's a risk. But I would have thought Super Bowl aspirations, but waiting on the quarterback. Yeah, and, and, so and, and real yeah. quick on the whole Patriot aspect of things, I mean, the things that keep the, the the Chiefs in that contention is the fact that, obviously, yes, Patrick Mahomes will be back. I have enough faith in Andy Reid, obviously, because he's been proving it time and time again. He can get you 10 wins and get you into the playoffs. With anybody. But, but also, yeah. the AFC is really bad. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're sitting here talking about the Texans. The Chiefs and the Patriots. The, well, the Texans and the Ravens are the teams that are going to be fighting for that, that two seed with the Chiefs. I don't fear either one of those teams, even though the Texans came in here and won. I think that game had more to do with the Chiefs and the Texans. And quite frankly, I don't fear the Patriots as much either. As blasphemous as that sounds, both times the Chiefs faced them last season, they should have won. That's what upsets me. Is that and, and here's the thing, I hate and I hate that, saying yeah. this over and over again because everybody says it all the time. D Ford doesn't line up offsides. Chiefs from the Super Bowl last year, and that's against the Patriots. Tom Brady would have thrown three interceptions in that game, and that defense was worse than this defense. And that's what this the year. goose egg in a whole entire. First that's half. my point. Yeah. Their their schedule, as everyone knows, it's, yeah, is it's embarrassing. It's, it's completely embarrassing. The Patriots, yes, it's really bad. Yeah, the Patriots schedule is it's an embarrassing, really bad. Yeah. And still, Tom Brady looks so human. Even against the Redskins. He's not Joe Flacco bad. Let's not be hyperbolic. But, like, I watch him, I'm like, That Giants game "Eh." is terrible. Yeah. Like, I watch it, I'm just like, eh. Yeah. He was struggling against the Redskins. He looks like a 42. He looks like a 42 year old. That's what he looks like. He looks like what I'd expect. Like, when Favre was at, like, even great, like, Favre was out there, like, well, you still do some weird stuff you probably shouldn't do. Yeah. Yeah. You got a great coach. Even Peyton, some other great players Peyton's around. last successful season, his last Super Bowl run, he looked, he was throwing ducks everywhere. Yeah. You know? yeah he got benched after. It was horrible, man. That's what I'm saying. If the Chiefs yeah. can, if, if, when Patrick Mahomes yeah, does here. come back, I don't know when that's going to be. I, I would like to see him come back in the next three to four weeks. The Chiefs get hot at the end of the season. You have the Patriots coming up in, I think, five weeks. Perfect timing for him to come back because they know that five weeks. Five weeks is the bye week, so it'd be after the bye week. Sure, they have the Raiders and the Patriots, so it's going to be a while. So Patty will have an opportunity to work his way back into the offense. The Chiefs can get hot. I'm not saying the season's over. I did say if they don't get him back in the next month, the season is over because I don't have enough faith that Matt Moore is going to do enough in the next month to to win two to three games. I just don't see that. It comes down to how our defense keeps it up. And when I see the season's over, I mean I'm not saying the Chiefs can't win the division, but let's be real here. When we're talking Chiefs football now, the standard's higher. We're not talking, hey, let's get the division, let's get in the playoffs. That was the Alex Smith era. Now it's, let's get to the Super Bowl. So that's what I'm talking about. The standard is different. Yeah, yeah so, so obviously you got to win the division. Yeah. I feel very comfortable the Chiefs are going to win the division because yeah, they are the yeah. better team, with or without Patrick Mahomes, as crazy as that sounds. So they're going to get that playoff game at home, but are they going to capitalize? Are they going to finally, like you said, kill the king? That's what it's going to come down to. So they got to get healthy quick, man, because they have a lot of guys still out. Luckily, it's still... Fairly yeah. early in the season, so they can get those guys back and work them back in before the playoffs were to commence. And gave themselves a cushion. Exactly. Like by winning early, you gave yourself a little cushion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was important. You needed that. Now, if they'd gotten one of the two games they'd lost, you'd be feeling way oh, different yeah. on that end. But still, you have enough space now. The division win still Ooh. means you have to win three games, yep. which is concerning. Because you can't just be, if you're the second division winner, still some problems, and the Texans have the leg, leg up on you. Yeah. For their division, which I mean, means I think they lose you know, this week, but yeah, we'll see. Well, same, the, same record. You yeah. know, if you finish the same, they've got a bit of they got a half step on you. And the Chiefs don't really 
if you really want to go by what they're expecting, Patrick will be back before they play their next divisional game. So that's that's a great sign yeah. too. You know what I mean? Is that there there's not going to be these Raiders, Chargers, Broncos games in between where oh god, Matt Moore's going to have to win some division games. That's well, not going to happen. The Chargers are getting healthier too. Yeah, Matt, they're they're getting uh, Okun back, I think. And yeah, Russell Okun will be back. James will be back in I think three weeks. Melvin Gordon's obviously yeah. back, so their O line's getting better, and they're getting all their offensive weapons back. So uh, the Chargers could definitely turn it around the second half of the season. So that's not happening. No. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna take a break real quick. Um, when we get back, I want to I want uh, Cody to. Really give us some uh, some understanding of what to expect from the Royals from the from the top down, man. I mean, we're, there's a lot of expectations for these young guys. Once again, I feel like the Royals have really taken that next step with these young guys. What are we going to expect? Cody's here to help us with that. We'll get back to that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at CommandeerBrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number two. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guy, Trevor Twidwell. What up? And Cody. B-Tap. What's going on? What's up, buddy? So uh, that, that last ad you guys heard, obviously, Commandeer Brand, big-time apparel company in Kansas City. Promo code is still good, so definitely check out CommandeerBrand.com. And when you get finished with your purchase, just put in promo code SPOKEN10, and you get 10% off on all your purchases. Go visit CommandeerBrand.com uh, today. So we obviously finished off talking about the Chiefs a little bit, our frustrations, even in a big-time win, a divisional win, winning by 24 points. You can call it a statement win, but the Chiefs are going to be without their quarterback – the star, the franchise, Patty Mahomes for at least three games. So we wait and we see what the Chiefs are able to do. Uh, the Packers are coming in town Sunday night football at Arrowhead Stadium. Not as, as highly anticipated as we had expected with Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers. That, that may never happen now, which really sucks. Some of the people who got tickets for that. Oh, I mean, Ugh. yeah, we got season ticks, man. Yeah, I'll be there. I'm, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm kind of sad because that will probably be the only time Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers ever play each other, unless it's in the Super Bowl. Yeah. That just really sucks. That'd be, that'd be a great, great matchup of the year for me. Yeah, that'd yeah. be a great matchup, man. But let's get to some Royals talk, which is why we brought our guy Tap on the show tonight. That's Tapping because I was thinking about the worst quarterback matchup I'd ever seen in person. I was like, I don't want to go. That's a wrap. I definitely think it was Heward Palco when Heward was still with Miami. Oh, long for that. Yeah. I, Palco was on my. When you said worst quarterback matchup, was, Palco was in it. Yeah, was like, that should definitely be one. That like, comes what's to mind. one of the first? Two, like, I'm just like two quarterbacks in the same. Game wasn't there? Like, wasn't there a Mark Sanchez skeleton game? Maybe. The yeah. Cardinals skeleton, Brian Skelton. Oh yeah, yeah. And 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 Mark Sanchez, they played each other. They had like five picks combined. Yeah. Like it was a horrible. They had like, the lowest quarterback rating ever. Like it was bad. nuts. That was a bad game. My God. Um, I can't believe I remember that shit. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, we're we're gonna get into some Royals talk. By the way, uh, if you're not following the podcast already, tapping the plate. With uh, Cody Tap, you got to be doing that, guys, for sure. Um, give 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 the listeners a little bit more information on that, Cody. It's, it's a little bit different than just the stuff we do inside the locker room or clubhouse, right? For those guys, for Royals or Chiefs players over the years, a lot of what you're talking about is game action and how you're going to improve game action, right? So for the Royals, it's you know what kind of pitching things they're working on. Because baseball is kind of so long form, you get a chance to kind of meet those guys. And so for the tapping the plate, we do 30-minute sit-downs we hardly ever talk baseball at all. So like the most recent episode of now is with Brett Phillips. And I talked to him about his wedding in which he's getting married to Trey Hillman's daughter, which is funny. That's and crazy. Like just a whole nother weird <laughs> Royals twist way. But like, he also raises money for just, he, he plays games on Twitch and he donates okay. that money to one kid. 
to go to college who he met randomly playing video games That's online. Awesome. And so just so he can go through school, it's like it's a weird mix of like we talk about a lot of the stuff that kind of comes in between that. Like there's plenty of time to talk baseball with those guys. We do that a lot during the season. So the podcast idea is that we can talk about all that stuff in between it. And so we try to nice. do that at least in you know longer form sit downs. Yeah, definitely, definitely check that out, guys. It's very informative. And I know the baseball fiends out there that you know, you don't got baseball for you know for a while now. You know, that's definitely a nice little fix. So definitely go check out Cody in that as well. But but going into this, I mean, I guess we could talk a little bit about the 2019 season a little bit. Just kind of sure. recap on all of it. Um, I, I obviously you've had plenty of time to reflect and all the coverage you've done, all the hard work you did. Give us a little bit of a synopsis, if you will, of what you saw from the season. Obviously, it was not a great season record wise, but I think we saw a lot of promise from some of the younger players, even you know in the, in the minor sure. leagues. Just kind of give us an idea of what what you saw, what you, you know you took away from the 2019 season as a whole. For the major league team, the, the the most positive sign, if you're saying, "Hey, what's happening next?" is one through four or five. Seems like they've got legitimate hitters who belong there. Not just with the Royals. Not like when they called up Ken Harvey, he'd hit third. Like for an actual major league team, Whit Merrifield was their leadoff hitter. He led all of Major League Baseball's baseball hits. He was only the second right-hander ever to do that in back-to-back seasons. So that's rare company. He's a real hitter. He belongs at the top of the order. If he played for the Yankees, he'd be a top-of-the-order hitter. That's where he belongs. He is that type of player. Dozier took a big jump forward. He looks like he believes in the order. I think we know what Solaire did. And then you miss in, like, and then Mondesi, who before the injury – and before, like, I know his numbers took a dip even before the first injury occurred. I still see a lot of potential in Mondesi. I still think he's going to be a middle of the order bat. So I feel, you know, people can feel differently because of the injury, but when he's healthy, he still shines to me as a player. So it's one through four. And then Perez comes back and it's five. And I think in a perfect order, Perez hits seventh, like in a good major league lineup. The kinds that go through the playoffs, Perez probably doesn't hit fifth. He hits seventh. Mm. But you've got five legitimate major league hitters in your order right now. And so it's more filling in the gaps than it ever was. Oh, please let the next hitter come up and be our three hitter. Oh, oh, please, oh, please. <laughs> You'd pray, man, and they'd come back up and it would just do this whole thing. So there, it doesn't feel that way anymore to me, at least for that part of the order. The downside and the reason why they were so bad is because almost none of the pitching held up. The first half of the season in the bullpen was wasted on vet arms who couldn't get the job done. We just watched Peralta or Boxberger. Like the Royals squandered, they, you know, what should make them feel the worst this year is that they squandered $20 million in players who didn't produce between Peralta and Boxberger and Owings. They, and it's the list goes on beyond that because it includes, you know, the money they spend on Terrence Gore on the major league roster and Billy Hamilton, who they paid five and a half million to. Like it adds up. They spent a lot of money on vet players who did, no one filled a box. No one, like, said, all right, look, let's keep moving forward with him. No, all the guys I just mentioned are not on the team and were not on the team by the time the season ended. And so they had a big problem there. I think the encouraging sign is that the bullpen did pitch better down the road. And the reason why they did is what it seemed like they had some younger arms and they gave them a shot and there was a mixed bag of performance. Like Zimmer didn't always look good. Lovelady didn't always look good. He just had kneecap surgery too, weirdly enough. I guess it's the week of kneecaps. <laughs> Mahomes didn't have to have surgery for the week of kneecaps. But so... The bullpen started to kind of feel like, all right, maybe. Like enough where I'm intrigued with the other arms. And then the starters, the issue there is I think you have a, you have a rotation piece in Keller. 
I don't know. I don't know if there's a one, right? If you're saying like, oh, who's a one? Like you look at the Astros rotation, you're like, good God, <laughs> this isn't fair. They don't have anyone better than Verlander. They don't have anyone better than Grinky. They don't have anyone better than Cole. And few teams do, right? right. So they're not. They don't have like the front line. But Brad Keller in ranked starters in Major League Baseball was like twentieth. If you're going to be the 20th best starter for much of the year, that means you belong in a rotation and you're just a weak one. You're a one for somebody because Mm -hmm. there's only 19 guys better than you over the course of a year. So you're in the mix. The only problem behind there is, is I'm not sure who else fills, right? You know, it's not like some of the guys that they were trying, it didn't work. You know, it's not Sparkman. You know, it's not Lopez. Or at least you feel that way now. You're like, well, maybe. And then, no. And then, no. And then it just kept not just going. No, yeah. You could try again if you want. Maybe something changes. They get another pitch. Judas, to me, still, I've looked at his rankings, too. He ranks kind of at the bottom of what would be qualified starters. I still feel like he's a rotation guy, but that third pitch has to be there to be there. But he's always going to be a back and rotation guy. But the best part about that is, like, if I say, all right, maybe they got two, because Duffy is a rotation. Duffy's numbers, people, like, poo-poo him. But if you just assume he is what he is, a league average starter, he was exactly that this year. Right, he didn't disappoint. Perfectly league average. Like, you want a league average starter in your rotation? Most of the time you do. And he's a lefty. That helps also. Yeah, he was perfectly league average. He was fine. He was totally fine. Did he blow you out every once in a while? Yeah. Did he have bad starts? Yeah. And then he'd just be right in the middle the rest of the time. So if you've got at worst two guys in your rotation, maybe three, the best part about that is, is that is the absolute strength of their minor league system. So, so, so that's yeah. why you feel like it's like it gets patched. Quick, right. And that's quicker. That's the segue is, you know, now we're looking into the future. I, I think that every Royals fan out there that's realistic is expecting, you know, not enough. I don't, I don't know if they're expecting another hundred loss season next year, but I do think they expect struggle. I do. They do expect. I them, do. Okay, well, then, fair enough. Okay, so let's say they have another struggling season. I mean, is there light at the end of the tunnel? Because there is, like you mentioned, there is young talent on this team. But how far away are the Royals from getting back, not necessarily back to 2014 and 2015, but getting back to 2013? Because I think that's the realistic expectation in the next three years is to see them get back to 2013 where they're right on the cusp of becoming that playoff team again. The thing that's going to be harder to predict about it is that it's not going to look like that. In 2013, they were all like coming up together and they just had to like just a bunch of guys all yeah. trying to figure it out. I just told you, I think they have half of a major league lineup. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's already here in 2013. Uh, you know, like Mustakos is still hitting 212. I wasn't mean, so sure. Yeah, 2014, I think he Escobar got sent to the Miners too, didn't he? Even yes. in the 2014 year, he got yes. sent to the Miners. Yeah. And Escobar was still a 260 hitter. Like his best years were 14 and 15, best years of his career, Escobar's. Yeah. And the reason why is because. Well, I mean, you could just say, well, I hit his peak. It kind of helps when you're surrounded by a whole bunch of good hitters. Mm-hmm. That helps you offensively. We saw that for Dozier and Solaire when they started like surrounding each other and were going hot. So that matters too. I think for me, because it'll look different in 13, I think next year towards the end of the year is when I start to expect seeing that shift. Now, I don't think 2020 is a playoff year. I think still 21 is the realistic expectation of you'll have established hitters and all those guys are under contract till then. And that gives you enough time for those young arms to establish themselves in the big league so that they can be ready. Because pitchers very rarely are it, – it's not that it never happens, but it's pretty rare that, like, first year in the big leagues and they're just great. Normally it's like, yeah, they're pretty good and they're going to be even better. 
And pitchers do kind of have that like finite window of like 27 to 31 when they are at their best. Like this is the best possible time to have them. And it's great that they're going to have all those guys together at all of that same age. However many of them work out, and there's probably nine names you should watch in the minors for that reason. And so for me, I think the end of next year is where you start seeing some of that because I think some of those guys will be later call-ups in the pitching end. And then I think the next two years are about how you fill out the rest of that lineup. And with some money coming off the books and stuff, then you can start tinkering with how you want to do free agency. But I think they have to do that different than they've done the last couple of years. And I'll explain quickly. The difference is for what's worked for teams and what hasn't is the Royals have signed everybody to these one-year deals, try to find it, and then maybe they'd re-up. Sign Billy Hamilton to one for five and a half, sign Owings for one for three. The teams who have been doing it right in free agency, because it's not, you know, baseball change, right? You don't have to spend that much in free agency right. anymore. The teams who do it right are like, you can look in your own division. Spend 20 millions on Marwin Gonzalez for two years. Spend $10 million a year instead of five. That's the difference between I might, hopefully, it might work out. Maybe we'll fix Billy Hamilton's swing. We'll be the team. <laughs> we'll solve it to spend, you know, that's $5 million. Just $10 million. Now, you got to do it over two years instead of one. But just $10 million is, I know Marwin Gonzalez can hit. Like, I know he can play now. So I think that for them, for free agency, if they're going to get this right, they got to do better there. So we talk about the, the minor leagues. But no matter what, every team is going to have a couple of guys. And there were plenty of guys that just got passed up on this year that were tremendous value to teams. And if the Royals wanted to spend $10, $11 million per year instead of four, five, it would have been a massive difference. So for me, it's the pitching is going to come, I'm pretty sure, because there's no indication to me that it's not going to be the pitching is going to sort itself out and everyone's going to get moved around the way they need to. Keller might end up being a three or four. Great. Perfect. He's in the rotation. He's good. And half the order's there. So how do they get the rest? How do they get a qualified lineup so Salvador Perez is hitting seventh? And I think a lot – one of those bats I think is going to come from free agency. And I think the other one you need to come from your system, and then you can kind of work out the rest the other way. Which which player right now in the minors do you expect to have a breakout year, and do you expect them to make any impact in the majors at any time this season? What's who's like offensively if, or offensively? I mean, that's I mean, shit. If you have a if you have a pitcher, say his name. No, too. look, pitchers, sure. Like you know, I really love Coar stuff and Lynch's stuff even more than Singer, which is crazy. Um, hmm. And where you're saying like, how can you watch those guys? Because I work in baseball all the time, uh, I rewatch minor league games. There you go. Like a fucking weirdo, I guess. But it's some of that, not all, right? But I go back and watch what Brady Singer throws or what Lynch throws or what Coar. And you're fortunate enough that if you work in this business, you can text people who know more than you do or who watch them or who work for the organization That's and watch them. Perks. Perks. And I think everyone loves Lynch. Like, general consensus, if you took a vote in the entire organization, and he took a vote from scouts who watch him. I think they think Lynch is the best. And I don't disagree. You know, like that's the guy that I expect. I think everyone says Singer and he gets up first. I know he's going to get up first. Lynch got hurt. He stuck down an A ball longer. He's going to start in double A next year, most likely. He's a full half season behind. He's thrown in the fall league to catch up with his innings. It's more likely Singer comes up before. But if you're telling me the guy in all of the pitchers that I think really works out, I think it's Lynch. He's the one who I think has all the goods. And I don't think that Singer necessarily doesn't. I just think that he still has to refine the third pitch. And until I find out his changeup is what it's supposed to be, I'll wait. Like, yeah, I still think he'll be a fine start. You know, it'll be fine. He'll be in the league. 
Um, but I want to see. The hitters, that's where their biggest problem is. Bobby Wood Jr. can play. Anybody who like goes and like looks at his like Arizona League numbers, like, but he hit 260. Trust me, man, those numbers do not matter. They really don't. He is the youngest person in that league. It's just, it doesn't matter. So I know he'll play, but the problem is, yeah, that's going to take a minute because he's 18. <laughs> yeah, right. The one hitter that I still have hope for is Khalil Lee. Mm-hmm. And that seems like the obvious answer. And here are the concerns. I watched Lee play. I think he ends up being a right fielder. He's going to be a tremendously athletic right fielder. The reason why the Royals will play him is because he'll be a really good right fielder. He has an absolute arm. He'll be able to play defense. And you say, well, can he hit? He's a weird blend. Because when I talk to people in the organization, the biggest complaint about him is that he's too patient. He's got a really good eye. And he'll let good pitches go and work deep counts and take some walks. I'm sorry. I don't – And it's double – It's like we're talking about Kevin Euclid here. Yeah, it doesn't (laughs) – that – like for me – like they want him to be more aggressive, like how they told Solaire earlier in the year, like, hey, we know you can take a walk. How about just hitting some out early? Get behind who gives a shit. <laughs> Try to hit a homer every once in a while. <laughs> and the walks came the second half. And they're really still trying to get that into Lee. And he hasn't quite broken through that yet. He's gonna play triple A this year, the full, you know, like at least start in triple A, I would think, to start the year. And that's a bouncy ball. So maybe he'll get his confidence of like the AAA home run numbers, if anyone hasn't been paying attention, are ridiculous. And so, like, maybe that'll give him the confidence to play it. He could play defensively. I think he's the answer. But the problem is, he's not like, he's never going to be an elite power hitter. He was a 50 stolen base guy. He's going to be that prototypical. My hope is that he's Kane. Because in AA, he was a little bit better than league average, but kind of a league average hitter. But he's also, like, the sixth youngest player at that level. And so for me, I can still respect the fact that baseball, for whatever, like it really does play that way. It's pretty rare that Soto is just 19 and mashes everything. Like when you're the youngest guy at a level, sometimes it shows. It's yeah. when you're the oldest guy at the level and you're like, hey, he's pretty good. And you're like, yeah, he's 26 in AAA. <laughs> right. This probably isn't going to work out. Bubba Starling. <laughs> um, Lee's still the guy I have the most faith in. I think that the draft this upcoming year when they're going to pick high again, they got to find another bat. Like – Whoever, like if it's going to be Torkelson or Blaze Jordan's not really their kind of player, but it, whoever it's going to be in the draft, they got to find another bat like Bobby Witt's supposed to be so that this train can keep moving. That's still a concern for me, how they fill out the rest of the offense. Real quick before we get this, and again, thank you so much for giving us this information because this is something that's very important, I think, to a lot of Royals fans because there is a lot of uncertainty for this team for the next couple of years. Sure. But I think there is some bright sides to it. But even to swing to the other side, uh, with Jorge Soler in particular, obviously the dude the dude had an an all time Royal you know great season in, in yeah. Royals history. I think it was forty eight home runs that he finished with. Um, it, it it feels like he was a little bit robbed from it all because of the fact that it was in a season that no one was really paying attention. Whereas you know Mustakas yeah. when he hit his was it thirty eight home runs or forty twenty sixteen they were coming off the World Series right everyone was still paying attention and it just kind of it, I feel kind of bad for Soler because it was such a breakout year for him. Um, you know, the pill being weird or not in the baseball, the fact is he did what he did. Are also, you- like people say that, but he finished first in the American League. Right. Everyone played bouncy balls. He finished first in Ex- that game. Got to so give him credit. The exactly. difference is the same. So my question to you is, I'm not, ex- I'm not, ex- I don't think that you or anyone else would be expecting another 
48 home run season, but do you expect that Jorge Soler has established himself as as a home run hitter, home run hitter in this league? And do you believe that's going to be something he builds upon, or is just that one that's one of those special years that a player has? No, he's a home run hitter. Okay, like his, it's absolutely who he is. And the, the crazy, like this is a much different. Like, let's just do an hour long baseball podcast where I tell you what baseball is doing is weird. <laughs> the only concern about home runs going down is that Major League Baseball very clearly in the playoffs went back to dead ball. Right. Yeah. They're like, uh, what? No. Like, no one can hit a home run anymore. We all noticed. <laughs> and so is that just a playoffs thing they're doing? Uh-huh. Or have they decided to fuck with it for next year? <laughs> like, that's the problem is, like, you know, I don't want to make excuses. The Royals have made plenty of bad decisions on their way to get themselves in trouble where they are now. But one of the one of their biggest, you know, like like Kennedy had a really good year. But you could say, like, hey man, they give the richest contract in their history to a pitcher to Ian Kennedy. And you're like, boy, he's in the bullpen now. This didn't work out. But they signed a fly ball pitcher when it was a fly ball league and no one hit homers. Right. And then they fucked with the baseball. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, and fly ball pitchers, it was a bad time, man. Everyone's like, well, I better throw a cutter now. Like it, the <laughs> baseball fundamentally changed. Right after they signed Ian right, Kennedy. Right. And so, like, that free agent thing, the whole thing I'm talking about, like, the reason why they got to make those decisions right is, like, is this the new baseball? Because that impacts – because I think the Royals yeah. model of, hey, we're going to play defense and speed, it plays a lot better in a league where pop-ups aren't homers. If pop flies or home runs, you better handle some of how you acquire talent and the kind of players you go after – Differently, even if you play a card. No doubt. And so that, to me, is still one of those like really interesting things to watch for like, the Royals is you're trying to guess what baseball is going to be on top of it. And you can't ever be on top of that. You know what I mean? No, you they don't just know. keep like, no, Manfred just sits back in the cave and says like, <laughs> eh, dial it back just a little. <laughs> like within what is their acceptable range. The different, like it's crazy because you can claim you're not juicing a baseball while doing it. Because there's an accepted variance. In, it's a weird nuance. Oh, yeah. But there's an accepted variance inside of a baseball that is allowed. Just like the deflate gate with Brady, right? There's an accepted amount of PSI we can have in this football. There's an accepted amount of variance in this baseball. But they've done the math, right? If you take that accepted variance to like a 1% higher level, the ball on average travels nine more feet. Think about how many fly balls mm-hmm. go nine more feet, go out. Like it's, right. it's, it's, it's just such a thin margin. So if you choose to be playoff baseball next year because everyone's like, screw the home run. And I don't think Manfred's going to go that way because he really loves home runs. But it's funny that in the playoffs they're like, well, we can't just let fly balls go out. <laughs> That'd be crazy. We better dial it back. But, uh, you know, for the Royals, that's another – it's a whole other crazy thing to monitor because that hurts small market teams more than it does big market. One more question. One wrong mistake, you're screwed. Yeah, you were 100% correct on that. One more question. We'll get you out on this, man. Um, Alex Gordon. I think I personally believe he's going to be back next season, unless I'm totally mistaken on something. I think that he's going to get his farewell tour, if you will. I don't know if he's going to come out and announce it. First, he doesn't want that kind of Exactly. He doesn't like that kind of attention. I think you've even said that on air before, and I think that you were the one that told me that. But, um, I I mean, obviously he had an incredible season to the standard of what he's, you know, gone through the last couple of years. I think he had a really good season. Obviously, he's a gold glove caliber glove every single year. Um, are you expecting Alex Gordon to come back next season? Are you expecting him to to play throughout the year? Like, what what are we? Because he's such a quiet guy. He's so to himself. He he's just plays ball. Yeah, exactly. And that's putting it mildly. What are you expecting, man? 
feel like he retires. And I still think he hasn't made that decision. Like anytime, like, you know, you look him in the eye and you're like, what are you going to do at the end of this? <laughs> and there is genuine, like, I don't know, like I want to go home. But I think what's going to like, my thought with him is that what's going to happen is he's going to go home. Like he lives in Kansas city. Now he moved his whole family here. His life is going to be here. Mm-hmm. They had a decision to make. Like at one point they were like, all right, are we going to stay in Nebraska? And that's where we're going to be when my career is over. Are we going to live in Kansas city the rest of our lives? And that's where we're going to move our kids to school and be here. He's in Kansas city. Mm-hmm. This is where he lives. He's got to place it, but like his permanent residence is here, but I just feel like he's going to get there and spend a little time in the off season with the kids and realize that it's going to be a manager and new ownership, and he's going to have to negotiate a new contract because they're not going to pay him $23 million. The going price on Gordon is like 7 to 10 He's made an – I just feel like when all of that settles in, he's going to be like, you know what? And he's not going to want to do the farewell thing. He doesn't want to go to Chicago and they, you know, Derek Jeter a guitar for him. Like, right. thanks, Alex. <laughs> and I don't think he'd get that from every team in the league. Right. But I think he'd probably get it from divisional teams – and certainly, like, the final 20 home games at Kaufman, every time he'd leave the field, every time he'd have those moments, he'd do it again. I just feel like when he thinks all that things through, he's going to he's gonna want to do what he told – the last thing he told me about it in the regular season, the final game, it was the second to last game of the season. I had asked him, I said, you know, like, hey, you see Ned tip his cap, and he gets these cheers coming off the field. I said, does any part of you – like, if you left at the end of the season, does any part of you want that? And his response was, when I'm done, I just want to play nine innings, walk off the field, and that's it. <laughs> and the best way to do that is just leave now. Yeah. You come back next year, you don't get to play it that way because everyone knows. Yeah. Everyone knows. I just think that, like, in the end, he'll lean that way. But I, I honestly still think he hasn't made the decision. So to say he's coming back, I don't think that's crazy. And I think the Royals will entertain keeping him back because that's not a bad decision either. Bringing yeah. him back is not – I'm not. that's not a bad decision. That's a perfectly fine decision for a player that isn't being pushed by that minor league system we just talked about. There's no one that needs his spot. No. So they can mm-hmm. take their time. Several gold gloves uh, probably had the greatest home run hit, the most clutch hit in Royals history against Familia in the 2015 World Series. He deserves a statue. He'll get all the things literally. he deserves. Absolutely. And, and so if he was to walk away, I, I, I think that he earned that without question since sure. 2007. He's been up here in the majors. Uh, he's changed his swing about 55 times. He switched positions and ended up becoming one of the greatest defensive left fielders we've seen in this generation. You know, by the way, since 2000, he is twice as good as any left field. He has been since the year 2000. So not like the entire team. He's been in the league. And he's been in the – That's since they've done defensive back. Yeah, I was going to say. Is the, he is by far the best left fielder, and it's not close. And it's so he's been the think, best left fielder. Yeah, he's been a left fielder since, what, 2010? 2009 is so athletic. Right? Like it was, he just, they're like, Rusty Coons. I remember he, like, we talked about it once. He said he got him out there that first day when they sent him down, like, look, you're going to have to learn to play left because Moustakas hmm. is playing third. So live with and it. And Alex Gordon said, okay. <laughs> like, no argument. And I guarantee no that's fighting. exactly how he said it, too. No, no argument of fighting. Like, okay. And he said he went out there and Rusty was like, I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> and all he does is have a closet full of gold gloves now. Right. So yeah, that's it. You know, speaks to his effort. World Series championship, you know, and. Like I said, the greatest hit, I think, in Royals history by far saved Eric Hosmer's ass yeah. and uh, put himself definitely in the Royals Hall of Fame. There's yeah. no question about it. So, Cody, thank you so much for being here, man. It, no means, it means the absolute world to me. Absolutely. Man. Give everybody your Twitter handle, how to find you. Give them all the information, man. Uh, at Cody B. Tap is where I'm on Twitter. I'm also there on Instagram, although I'm not 
If you just want like pictures of my kids being weird <laughs> or baking in the off season, my Instagram is about perfect. For that. Hey, there, man. Um, so those two things are good for there. I'm at the same handle either way. And then, you know, I'll tell people to listen to tapping the plate, which is the, the baseball podcast. If oh, you're yeah. interested in that, that's available as well. on pretty much any and every radio, you know, podcast platform, you can find. Get at my guy. Seriously, man. He's the best when it comes to Royals. When it comes yeah. to anything you guys need as far as Royals information, Royals content, Cody's the guy to go to. I always enjoy listening to him. And I, I and obviously for your sake, man, I hope this the, this team gets back to it because I know it's got to be so much more enjoyable to talk about a winning always. product. <laughs> but I, like, I always tell people I like baseball no matter what. Yeah. So if I got to watch, you know, Grinky Pitch, <laughs> I got to watch anybody. I'm like, great. It doesn't matter. Like, if somebody's pitching great, I'm, I'm interested. Baseball's Hell yeah, great. man. Well, thanks again. Seriously, Cody. You're always welcome here, man, on the Spoken Podcast. Uh, but like I said, guys, go out there and follow him. He's got incredible work. Uh, but when we get back, guys, in the next one, we're going to take a break real quick. We're going to get back. We're going to talk a little bit more Chiefs. Our guy Eddie Ortiz is back in the studio. So we're going to get his thoughts Yay. and his opinions on what he saw in the Broncos game and what he sees moving forward. So we'll get back to all of that after this. Casey Hemp Company your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide, ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hempco. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Casey Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. Hi. And Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. He's back. He's I back. Have, have to come back for the last segment. You, know? <laughs> you, <laughs> you got to upstage everyone. You know, there like, had to be a yo, yo, yo in today's episode. You got to keep the streak going, man. Like, no, we, no, we, no. We, we, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, shit, he's here. <laughs> I, no, was, no. I was actually thinking, like, man, if Eddie end up, doesn't end up making it, we're going to have Cody impersonate Eddie. <laughs> like, like Cody, I know it's your first time on the show and you don't know Eddie, but you're going to impersonate him. So just be like, yo, yo, yo. It kid, was a shit. Kid, yeah, it was a shit. Was a kid shit. can ball. Kid can ball. <laughs> I, I kid you not, man. No, but uh, so, so we obviously touched on the Chiefs in the first segment. Then we had Cody talk a little bit about the Royals in the last segment, and we really appreciate him doing that. Definitely follow him, guys, because like I said, he's the best when it comes to Royals coverage and content. Um, but we're gonna get back to the Chiefs because there's still so much to talk about, and it's not. I don't want to. I don't want to focus on what has already happened. I feel like we've done that enough. I feel like you know the Texans game, the Colts game, both extremely frustrating. The Colt, the the Broncos game, although very refreshing and it's a relief. You know the Chiefs winning a, a, a divisional game on the road. Obviously, we know what happened with Patty and the fact that he's gonna be gone for at least three to four weeks. Now we look ahead and we look at what the Chiefs can do with Matt Moore, with the team as currently constructed. They will be getting Chris Jones back soon. I don't know if it's going to be this week, but I do think in the next couple weeks, Chris Jones will be back. And then Eric Fisher. Eric Fisher, yeah. Well. Eric Fisher will be back in the next couple weeks. So there, there's a lot to look forward to because I do think that the Chiefs have an opportunity here, a golden opportunity to really prove what they are as a team because I think we all three can agree here that the Chiefs have relied so much on Patrick Mahomes to save their asses so many times, get them out of tight jams, and make th- make something happen. Like I said in the first segment, I feel like Andy Reid has oftentimes in the last year and a half or so really just relied on or fallen in love with, rather, what Mahomes can do with his arm and how he can extend plays and throw the ball downfield, which is great. But at the same time, I feel like you have to be able to scheme an offense. And so this might be, although I hate the fact we're not going to have Mahomes for the next three to four weeks, I hate that so much. This might be an opportunity for Andy Reid to get back a little bit to the basics because you're going to naturally have to play more of a conservative style offense with your backup quarterback right. who's just simply not Patrick Mahomes. 
maybe that will give Andy Reid a little bit of a, a of recognition to utilize the run game a little bit more because he used he used it very well in the Broncos say, game. Twenty seven rushes. Is. Like yep. that, that was a, we need to see more of that. And now that with the backup quarterback yeah. and Matt Moore, you're going to have to rely on LaShawn McCoy. You're going to rely on Daryl Williams. You're going to rely on da- Damian Williams a lot more. Yeah. And so that's what we need to see. And so I'm not going to sit here and say that I think that the Chiefs are going to go on a massive losing streak. I will say, though, however, that if they are relying on the quarterback position even half as much as they do with Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs will go on a losing streak. It is going to have to be complimentary football at the quarterback position for the next three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. So, Eddie, give, give me your thoughts right now. The Chiefs have the Packers coming up on Sunday night football. The Packers might be the best team in football, honestly, from top to bottom. They're a very, very good team. Um, they did get bailed out by the Lions, but that's another point for another time. The fact is they did get the W, and they're feeling very good about themselves. They have a very good run game. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. That defense is insanely good. Matt LaFleur looks like a promising young head coach. Then they have the Vikings coming in town. They go and follow up with the Titans. We don't know what the hell they are. I was higher on them than I should have been at the beginning of the year. The Chargers, then a bye week, Raiders, Patriots. How do you see this stretch of football going down for the Chiefs without Patrick Mahomes as long as he's going to be out? I believe against the Packers, they 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 can they can uh, sneak sneak a sneak a W in there. Uh, I honestly believe that the Packers, they, though they are. I think five and one or four and one. I can't remember. Five and one. Five and five and one. one. Every single of their victories have been really close, and like the offense is like struggling to get there. It's like you see Aaron Rodgers <clears throat> doing one touchdown, two touchdowns here. You know, like getting uh, receivers uh, since Devontae like two hundred fifty yards passing. Yeah. Since Devontae Adams went down, he they they've been slowly struggling. And you can straight up tell, like against the Lions, you can tell that they were really, really struggling. If they weren't bailed out, that would have been the easy like, like a loss for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think the Chiefs uh, have the team. I think they have the defense to kind of kind of battle with that offense, with that struggling offense. Uh, though Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, but I think that they're struggling enough to where the Chiefs def- defense can actually do something. So I, I believe they can sneak a W in there. Uh, against the Vikings, uh, th- th- that's a tougher, tougher uh, choice for me. I'm not, I'm not 100 on that, but I, I think there could be a loss in there for the simple fact that it's going to be a, a road game. Obviously, you're dealing with Matt Moore as your quarterback. The Vikings have a, a way better defense than, than the Broncos, obviously. So uh, I, I think that's going to be a loss there. Uh, then they go and uh, they play. Mariota. Yeah, well, they played t- Brandon Tannehill in Tennessee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Uh, so that that can also be a, a a W in there because the Titans have been struggling this year. They 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 are not who they well who Lance thought they were going to be. Because me, me and Trevor were pretty pretty uh, straightforward yeah. with that. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna go ahead. And hold yeah, we that have common, we have common sense. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> oh, hey, Trev. Fuck you. That's crazy. <laughs> so I think. I, hey. So I think it's going to be enough to 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 get that W out there in uh, Tennessee. Uh, <clears throat> then we go to Mexico City. That's going to be another tough game, though. The Chargers themselves are struggling. Uh, they they can't seem to 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 get it together. Injuries. It's just about the Chargers. You know, bad luck always hits the bad Chargers at bad times. So it, it's going to be a really tough game. Altitude is going to play its part. Uh, obviously, you're probably not going to have Mahomes. If Mahomes is back, I don't think you want to risk him in an altitude that, you know, with. So if he's back, it's going to be a, a, a W for the Chiefs. But if he's not back, it's going to be a really close game. Uh, so let's say, let's say. It, 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 it can go either way let, on that one. Okay, let's say that, that Patrick Mahomes does not play until the bye week. 
There's four games. Mm-hmm. Where do you see the Chiefs sitting right now? I know it's hard to project because, like I said, players will be coming back and forth. But if you had a guess right now, do you think that the Chiefs are still sitting comfortably at the top of the AFC West because of the fact that if, they, if, the, if the Packers do beat the Raiders this week, the Chiefs have a three-game lead on the Raiders? That's comfortable, but it can change very quickly. Where do you see the Chiefs uh, right now in that stretch? I, I think they're going to go at two and two in the in those four weeks. Uh, I believe they're going to lose against the Vikings, and they're probably going to lose against the Chargers in Mexico City. Okay. Uh, and I do believe so they're going to beat the Packers. They got I got to beat the Packers okay. and the Titans. Uh, like I said, the Packers offensively have been missing Devontae Adams. I don't know when he's going to come back. Uh, I don't think he's scheduled to come back anytime soon, as of right now. Mm-hmm. So that that's been a big hit on them. Uh, Yes, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. I get it, but at the same time, that just like the Chiefs, they have Mahomes. In the past, uh, the previous two games before the Broncos, they were struggling with Mahomes. So, I, I just think that the Chiefs can sneak a, a W in there just because they're they're home, and uh, I think the crowd's going to get into into play in that. Yeah, I'm almost right on par with you. I think, funny enough, I think the game that if if we're if we're if we're saying that Mahomes is out to the to the bye. The Chargers won, I think, by that time, barring if they – because they're continuing to get healthier right now. And we're facing – honestly, we're facing the Packers at the best time because not only is it a home game for us, I know it sucks we don't have Pat, but we're getting 10 whole days to prepare for this this, this beat-up Packers team. Offensively, they have – they're almost – I mean, Mar- Marquez Vanda Scantling might play. He's still banged up. He had a concussion, correct? Right. Yeah. Devontae Adams might play. Jerome Allison might play. We don't know if they're playing. So they're down to Jimmy Graham in their running game really right now for the most part. And a bunch of guys that never have no experience. And this is going to be a primetime game in Arrowhead. So that's a – I mean, I know Aaron Rodgers doesn't matter. He can, he can do his thing, but it, it really comes down to his his weapons, you know, if they're available or not. So that's going to be a big deal for him. Um, and we're uh, as far as we're trending outside of Mahomes, all of our weapons are going to be on the field. Sammy's progressing. He's definitely going to be playing by the time that game comes in, you know, 10 more days or nine more days. They'll be ready. Kelsey's going to be ready to go for that. And, that, and uh, uh, us talking about running the ball, the Packers allow the run. They're similar to us as far as allow, how much yards per carry and 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 production on the on, uh, on the on the ground allowed per game. They allow the run. So if we can get the running game going and only depend on Matt Moore to really throw the ball, you know, twenty five times, you know, and get Tyreek Hill in space on those plays when we're throwing the ball, and, you know what I mean? So yeah, and I mean they, they that plays in our favor. Yeah, they played. They proved against the Broncos that they can actually run the ball. Right, like something they hadn't been doing with. Uh, yeah, because with Patrick Mahomes. So it yeah. makes no sense. I don't think like the. Here's my thing. I don't feel like the Chiefs' run game has been bad this year. They just no, haven't has, utilized yeah, it enough. Not, right. Yeah, they have not but, yeah, I think McCoy's averaging five and a half yards a carry. Right. I think, I, I think it's a now. little bit over. over yeah. yeah. More now this game, they're obviously conserving. LaShawn for the later in the year in the playoffs. He's, he's our best pure runner. Right. But, right. but yes, I do feel it's very frustrating that they have, the Chiefs haven't had more of a balanced attack. Now they don't have a choice. Right. And, and and to add to your point about the Packers, I do feel like, it's crazy as it sounds, I feel like the Packers are a better team than the Vikings, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the, the Vikings timing. match up better with the Chiefs than the than the, pay, the yeah. Packers do currently. Feeling the dig scare the if shit the, out of me for our, our yeah, second. Yeah, play. if Devontae Adams was going to play in this game, which it doesn't, I don't think he's going to. Mm-hmm. But if he was going to play in this game, I'd be terrified because mm-hmm. he's just that great. But, yeah, Aaron Rodgers has so many limited weapons right now, relying on a 33-year-old Jimmy Graham. I mean, it's not, there's not a lot there. Aaron Jones is obviously great, but he's banged up, I even think, too. And he struggled well, last he, week. Yeah, he, he had drop season. Jamal Williams looked good. You Jamal know? Williams is a beast. So that's that's kind of a scary thing. So, so but, yeah. So But with our rush, if our running defense can play the way – I mean, Philip Lindsay and Royce – 
Freeman aren't too far off. I mean, I know Aaron Jones is better than those two guys, but we've seen Philip Lindsay ball out, even against Bears and other teams, you know, that are better defenses than us. We shut their asses down, man. And and, and I know it's Flacco at and, and the, the helm, so that changes everything. This is Aaron Rodgers we're talking about. But as far as, like, the Vikings and the Titans and the Chargers, the Vikings and the Chargers are the two games I'm worried about as far as, like, the passing games opening up the Dolphin, you know, and our defense struggling because of the passing game. I'm not really too – as weird as it sounds, I'm not too worried about the Packers passing game unless Devontae Adams is out there. But I can see us going undefeated in the stretch, even with Matt Moore. Because especially if our defense can can keep the consistency and build upon what we saw this past week. And, and depending on when Chris Jones, I don't think Chris Jones is going to be back against the Packers, but if we can get him back against the Vikings and we're, we're getting to Kirk Cousins, because their O-line is not that great. If we can get there to Kirk Cousins like we are getting to Flacco, because he's obviously Kirk Cousins is not a mobile guy. Him and Flacco are pretty identical as far as the mobility. They're not very mobile. He's right. more mobile than Flacco, obviously, at this point. But if we can if we can hit uh, uh, Cousins and make him uncomfortable, he's prone to throwing bad picks. And it, obviously, Dalvin Cook is the scariest guy going into that matchup. But I can see us winning all these games. I'm not worried about the Titans. So that's like, that's the type of game that we go in there and win. So do you do you believe that the Chiefs are going to? Because Eddie, you have them two and two in the stretch. Two, where, right. where do you have the Chiefs? I don't know. It's tough. I know. It, I get it. I'm yeah. just saying, like where we're sitting right now, this is a legitimate conversation. I have us beating the Packers. I have us beating the Packers at home. I think we're, we're, we're riding high right now. I think the defense is so pumped. Uh, it's going to be hard really to bring us down. I mean, I know Aaron Rodgers can go in there and silence that real quick. But the Packers haven't been playing that kind of ball this year. They're not going to beat you over the, They don't do that much. They, they barely, they've they rarely gone over the top. They've really been depending on their running game. Aaron Rodgers has been a, pretty much been a game manager so far yeah. this year. He hasn't been doing anything special. He hasn't uh, like been outstanding. Yeah, he's like, getting like he 250 yards, 300 yards maybe way. in a game, a couple touchdowns, maybe a touchdown. You know, and he hasn't looked they, – they haven't been depending on him very much. They've really, really been focusing on the running game and, and dinking and dunking a lot, which is surprising, but that's what they've been doing. That's the sample size we had so far this year. So that really plays into our favor, and I think we can come out on top of that with the crowd behind us and with the defense riding high. The Vikings game could – Honestly, that game has the most variance. I think of all. I think yeah. I think the Vikings could come in there and just blow shit wide open with Diggs and Thielen just absolutely going bananas right away, and us playing catch up with Matt Moore, and that's a that's that sounds like a disaster. Um, but if we jump on top early, and Matt Moore has a cushion to kind of work on, and we get a running game going, and and we're able to get open up the blitz packages against and make Kirk Cousins uh, uh, uncomfortable, and he's prone to mistakes when he gets uncomfortable. I know it, it's it's in or it's at Arrowhead. That game's at Arrowhead. Right. Which one? Vikings. Vikings. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. yeah. That's home too. Packers, yeah, we have Packers two and Vikings back to back home games. That's what I'm saying. So okay, that, okay. that, that, that changes things for me because Kirk Cousins on the road and Arrowhead and he just getting hit. That plays into our favor as well. So I can see us, I have us winning both of those games. The only one I have us losing possibly is the Chargers game. Because I think at that time the Chargers, it's 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 in Mexico City, so it's on a common, you know, a fair ground game. There's no home team. Um, I can see if it, and I'm, I'm basing this if Matt Moore is a starter. Matt Moore going to Mexico City against the Chargers team, who I think will be very much improved at that point. They will be healthier at that point. They'll have their offensive line together. And I think they're going to go. I think the Chargers are going to go on a winning streak here. I think they're going to start looking better. Um, I know, I know that sounds funny, but they're. A I don't team, know if I believe in those guys. Well, they're, man, a team either, they're a team that either struggles really early or really late. Okay. I'll give, last, I'll give you that. Last year they struggled really early, and then this year they're the exact same thing. They're struggling early. They're two and four, but they've been banged up, dude. They've had nobody. They've had no O line. Philip Rivers had to literally live and die by the passing game, but now they got uh, Melvin Gordon and getting eased back into the game, who we all know is an elite talent, um, who they can depend on. And Keenan Allen's had a hell of a year so far. 
They're getting Mike Williams back and healthy. Hunter Henry was ball, just balled out last week. You know, I, I, even though I know they still lost, but I still think that the Chargers are a team that can give us some some shit this in, in the second part of the season heading into our bye. Um, and I can deal with us losing heading into a bye and then knowing that we have Patrick Mahomes coming back after the bye. Also, not only that, but with Andy Reid's success rate after a bye week. Yeah. So I have us going three and one. Okay. Well, you know what? Look. This is a really weird thing because I feel like I feel like the Chiefs are capable of doing what you guys have said, but yeah. I also feel like they could lose all four games. Right. It really and for me it depends on how if the defense can continue at least a third of what they showed us last that's night. That's my point is I wonder how real because I feel like although yes the defense played very well last night we got to yeah. give them credit because Chris Jones Frank back. Clark balled out you know the, the I mean even <laughs> even Ben Neiman and these other guys are playing really good football I mean they 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 played Reggie Ragland. Having Hitchens and Raglan back in the linebacker core was um, it, a huge difference. It, but that's my point is I feel like, although I want to give them credit because they deserve it, right? I feel like it had more to do with who they played. Sure. And you're talking about Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins. Now, granted, right. Ryan Tannehill slash Mariota, whoever ends up playing that game, it'll be in three weeks. I'm not, I'm not fearful of them. The, the, here's the point of emphasis for the Chiefs and how they can get a winning streak going during the Mahomeless era, if you will, um, is they have to start out ahead. Mm-hmm. They, they have yeah, to. Yeah. Matt Moore, I, I mean, maybe he'll prove me wrong, but I'm not going to believe that Matt Moore is going to get us out of tough We're going to get the ball out fast. The him. Chiefs have yeah. to establish the run game, win time of possession, because when you have Patrick Mahomes, you don't have to worry about winning the time of possession because he's just that great. Mm-hmm. But my point is, is that I think that if the Chiefs can come out and establish a run game, at least be effective enough, because the, the, the games are not going to be high-scoring games. If they try to do these shootouts, the Chiefs are going to lose. No, yeah, yeah. So, so against the against the Packers, you have to keep Aaron Rodgers as contained as possible. Luckily, they're not going to be facing them at full strength. So I do get what you guys are coming from about them be, them mm. meeting the Packers. I'm still kind of on the fence of whether I think they're going to. Yeah. The Vikings game scares the shit out of me because of Dalvin Cook. And the fact they have the, the probably the best wide receiver duo in the entire NFL. It's, when, it's, it's stupid yeah. crazy how good they are. And Kirk Cousins on noon games is so good. Yeah. So the, now their offensive line is but terrible. On the road, he's a different beast. Yeah, though. And, and the Vikings offensive line is terrible. Yes. He just had a, he just had the get best game as a, as a Viking. Should last have week. Chris Jones back by then, right? So so the, those games do That's concern huge. me. I, I do think the Chiefs can split those games though. I really do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, then, as far as the Titans game is concerned. That's one of those games that scares me even more, and if that makes sense, that game scares well, Ryan me. Ryan Tannehill is not scared. No, 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 no. It's not even about that. It's the fact that it's one of those games, like in, a, in in the middle of the year, yeah. You know where you're not really expecting that team to rise up, but the Titans are one of those teams that just they infuriate you because they'll suck for like three straight weeks, and then they'll go and drop thirty eight points on you, mm. and you're like, how the hell did that just happen? I feel like that's the game that, as crazy as this sounds is the game that you need to watch out for the most. I well, feel like that's the game the Chiefs can end up getting blown out of. Yeah, seeing that we lost to the Colts and, the, and almost lost to the Lions, the, yeah, those are similar teams. Yeah, because I, I, you look at it like the Chiefs are going to be so focused on beating these really good teams at home that then you have like this middle game because it's in between the Vikings and the Chargers game. It's kind of like that overlooked oh, yeah. game, and the Titans defense is so good. And, and, and I can see Henry yeah, going off say, like 180 rushing yards. Henry, yeah. I, that's the game I feel like the Chiefs will drop. Yeah, I really dude. feel like they'll drop that game. Now, know, now we'll, we'll talk about this more often yeah. as the time goes on. We always do our, do our picks every week. But um, the Chargers, I, I'm not afraid of the Chargers even with Matt Moore, if that makes sense. No disrespect to the Chargers, but I feel like every game, if you want, it almost seems like the Chargers have the same game every week. 
Like they'll start off decent. They look like they're going to win the game. And then Phillip Rivers throws a boneheaded interception. Yeah. The run game is so inefficient. Like they have these moments, but they're not consistent. Even last and their year, defense yeah. is so Even last year when they beat us, they, they won because of a non-call. Yeah. I, I just think that the biggest, the biggest reason for me that the Chargers might pull out a victory is just Mexico City. That, that, that is the only, only reason I can, I can, I can see and the Chargers. And that's if Matt Moore is the guy still. Yes. Because Pat so could be back if, by if then. If Pat, Pat Mahomes comes back, that changes game, everything. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. no way the, uh, the Chargers are winning that game. But if it's Matt Moore going uh, up against the Chargers in Mexico City, the altitude is going to play a big, big, big factor. I just believe in Philip. I mean, I, I know Chiefs fans are going to hate me for saying this. I just believe in Philip Rivers. I think Philip Rivers, he always tends to turn things around. He always finds a way to damn near be a playoff team or be a playoff team. He always plays better, and they're struggling now. Yeah, I don't expect them to struggle like this. They're not. They're two and four right now. I don't expect, I expect them to change that. I think, and I think they're a well-coached team. They've just been banged up, just like we are, and they've been banged up defensively and offensively. So now their offensive line is getting healthy. They're getting Mike Williams back and implemented. Hunter Henry's back, and that's a huge thing for them. Yeah, Melvin Gordon's back. I mean, they're getting all of their weapons back, and I can see them going on the run right now and meeting Matt Moore at a bad time for him. Like I said, it's it's going to really just come down to. The Chiefs establishing and scheming and efficient. This is going to come down. Andy Reid's got to coach the shit out oh, of yeah, them. Yeah. He's got to coach the shit out of these he games will. because you he cannot will. rely on the highlight reels right now. You got to go back to that Alex. It's going to be yeah. frustrating to watch, yeah. but you got to go back to that yeah. Alex well, Smith style of offense. And similar to what we're seeing with the Saints. I yeah. mean, Drew, Drew Brees goes, Hall of Fame quarterback goes out, yeah. and, and Bridgewater comes in, and you know, the fans are like, oh, shit. We have, what have we ever really seen from Teddy Bridgewater and, outside of injuries? Yeah. And they're 4 0. And Steve Spagnuolo is going to have to really rally his guys together and, and more, 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 more importantly execution man i'm talking frank clark if he can build upon that game because although yes, yes against it was against the broncos these are the type of games that can unify game. a team they yeah. can unify a team clay's been talking about that a lot I, yeah. I i appreciate his optimism clay's been talking about that a shit ton over the well, last you should be optimistic. we have way too much talent on this defense right to, to suck that long but it's still scary because of the fact that we have more of a body of work of the defense being terrible right. than good so they like i said now with this regime these are gonna have to be team wins we're right. gonna have to go back to that 2013 14 15 16 17 type of 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 chiefs which is a nightmare for me but yeah we'll have to do with what we got because of the fact that there's nothing we can do about patrick being out but we leave it there because we're going to be talking about that throughout this stretch of Patrick Mahomes being out. Uh, we obviously hope for the best. We hope that the Chiefs can do enough to get into the playoffs because they, you know we had Super Bowl aspirations going into the season. Now they just got to get into the playoffs so then we can see what they do from that point on. I think so, he's back by the Chargers game. I would love to see that because that's a divisional I, I, game. Yes. It's the fourth game. And the, the reason why I think that is because I think the Chargers, like I said, I think the Chargers are going to go on a run. I think they're going to win three straight games. Oof. I think it's going to happen. And if, I think, if that I think, happens, you're right. And I think we're going to need Pat back, and Pat's going to get up for it. I'm I think. You, I, I think. think, I, think I, I think I agree with that. Yeah. If, if the Chargers do go on a winning streak, and the Chiefs are maybe a game ahead or two games about, ahead, if you think about it, it's almost uh, four weeks already heading. Because I know it's three actual weeks, but ten but days. 10 in days that's almost four weeks. Yeah. I, I'm a little like more on the skeptical side because the altitude to me is like. The, a big concern. For sure. Though, yes, Denver is a, is a mile high city, but it's not as high as Pat Michigan always falls out in Denver, though. It's exactly. so far in his career. But you're not breathing dirty air. Yeah. So yeah. That, that has to play. That, that, that plays a lot. Like, I, I watch a lot of soccer that, that, that plays in Mexico City. Yeah. So I know how players struggle. And, and I know teams literally go there for a week in order to prepare for that weekend game. Right. So if. If the Chiefs don't get to Mexico City to like a Thursday or like till like Friday, Saturday, prepare for that Monday game, I would not risk Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I, I wouldn't even put him out there. Yeah, put him in the bench or whatever, but I would not even put him in the game just for the simple fact that 
you're not going to be prepared because he's coming off of three weeks with not practicing, just yeah. re- resting, and then you go into fucking mile high. I don't high think city. Pat cares, man. I mean, that's Pat's call too. I think when it comes to his I, own body. Yes, but at the same time, you got to think about the franchise and you got to think about like the future. Sure, yes, but, but yes, you know, yes, but you know want, if Pat comes to, to Andy Reid, Andy Reid's going to listen to him. It's like yes, I want, I want to. I, I want to play. That call. I don't the know. Fact, I just, I, the, especially, the, especially if the Chargers have gone on the run and we need to yeah. win. I'm the, telling the, you, the fact that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have any true ligament damage is everything, right? Because of the fact that you know, you're talking about, it's basically now just letting that knee and ankle rest. So right. that's what it's really just coming most down of the to. quarterbacks about, would have rested after the spring ankle. Yeah, there's no surgery. There's no like no. serious rehabilitation. It's just going to be like, hey, look, you got to rest up. Right. We got three or four weeks. I do believe that. I think that no matter what, I think he ends up coming back in the Chargers game, but just for entertainment's sake. It's context. Down the context matters. If if, if the if the, Raiders, if the if the Chargers lost two of these next three games, screw it. We right. can, so we can take an L, even if it's a division game. Yeah, I'm not I, risking you coming back. Because I don't and believe then, in the Raiders either. I think they're going to start going on oh, losing streaks as well. They have a and tough that, schedule coming you up. Got, too, so. You got the bye week right after that too. So I, I think might as well just make that make that full. It stretch. sounds great. Make it just that depends full, on the context. But uh, the Chiefs got to win too. Right? I, I, know, I, I, get, I get it. But I, I mean, at the same time, like you don't want to risk your star player being out for the remainder of the season because yeah. you played him too early. Right. Well, I mean, you say Matt Moore loses three of these next games. Yeah. So he, I mean, Pat might have to come back a little earlier than we like, and he might have to come back to that Chargers game. We can't lose four straight. You know what I mean? That can't happen. So, and I don't think that's going to happen. But I'm just saying, all these different scenarios we can go through, man. We but, just, if you, if, but if you do those, if you do lose those three games, at, at the same time, you got to think about it's like, okay. Is there still time? Well, I mean, is there still is it still possible to sa- salvage this whole season, or should I just wait till the bi- after the bye week and then go on from there with Patrick Mahomes? We've invested too much in this, in this season. See if we can make man, that too. that that last push. You yeah. know what I mean? So, all right. Well, like, like I said, this is all speculation at this point. We just got to see the Chiefs execute and hope to get some breaks, man. Because my God, everything has come against them this year to this point. So let's get to our favorite segment of the night, guys. What's oh, it called again? Shit. Hold, Hold this L. Visit Local Foundry in downtown Lee Summit, Eastern Jackson County's biggest selection of local-made and inspired goods. They carry apparel, jewelry, prints, decor, and more. The store is also filled with various vintage finds. Come and see us on Market Street. It's time to hold this L. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> the him, the her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that up. <laughs> Good God, man! Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, oh pulsating L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant bastard. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. Hold this L. Brought to you by Casey Beard Co. Over the last five years, Casey Beard Company has been handcrafting beard and skin care products in Kansas City, giving you everything you need to take care of your beard and skin on a daily basis. Visit them at CaseyBeardCo.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CaseyBeardCo. All right, Eddie, who is holding the motherfucking L this week for you, my man? My L is going to go to none other than John Elway. Uh, yesterday, proof that, uh, yeah, he does not know how to uh, either – Sign quarter only yesterday proved that. Yeah. Oh, no, not only yesterday, but <laughs> we've waited for the moment. In the yes, he lucked out with Peyton Manning, but other than that, he's been a shit. A shit. He's been horrible, drafting horrible. <coughs> I mean, you would think that uh, that himself being a quarterback knows quarterback talent, but 
he can't be more wrong than anything in this fucking world. Joe Flacco, like, who, like, how the fuck did he win a Super Bowl? You know what I mean? Like, that was just terrible, terrible, terrible. You can even see the head coach and the offensive coordinator just shaking their heads like, what the fuck? Like, seriously, Joe Flacco? And they can't even put Hello, it. Oh, darkness, my old friend. Yeah, they can't even put <laughs> Drew Locke in there because he's in the IR. So yeah. it's like, what the fuck, you know? So, and they gave Joe Flacco that huge deal. So he's in his prime, according to John Elway. Thirty-four-year-old uh, Flacco's in his prime. He uh, is. I'm just gonna have to say, John Elway, hold this L. <laughs> you know what I mean? Those little horses over there. I'm telling you, man, it's been an absolute disaster, bro. They, they scare every team in the league. Uh, his coffee teeth is my favorite. Uh, you know what I mean? Like the, you just look at his teeth, and you're just like, do your do your parents? even talk to you anymore like how does right. this work you know what i mean he's so ugly like how John, is this still John, John is everything wrong dude with with the nfl i mean you I, there was one day last week or last year vance joseph was still their head coach and i tweeted a photo because it looked it looked like john Elway had like these hitman gloves on and it looked like he was going to literally go into the sidelines and kill vance joseph and like have no evidence of it whatsoever that was one of my favorite moments of last season because john was like motherfucker he had the sling on and everything and patrick mahomes has the left-handed throw and yeah, I still don't know how the Broncos are putting up with that. I, I think he's proven that he's just not capable. He's not, man. I agree with you 100%. Trevor, who we got tonight, man? Uh, uh, well, my L is going to go to probably the loudest, the most annoying year-in, year-out fan base of them all. Um, Chiefs? Oh, no. <laughs> you watch your mouth. Not even, we're not even close. You, watch, you watch your lips. My, 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 my L this week is going to go to the Dallas Cowboys franchise, their fan base, their head coach, anyone anyone who is associated with the Cowboys. Because every them? single year, man. I know Stephen A has probably done the whole world justice so far. If you guys have been watching, he's been just – it's epic, dude. Absolutely epic what he's been doing to that fan base. So oh, my God. It's so good. Anyways. I, I, I felt the need just to do it because I know quite a bit of Dallas Cowboy fans. If, if most people do because they're everywhere for some reason. Um, every year they 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 allow the fans to buy in. Um, usually because it's usually this a, 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 a solid start to the football season with a soft schedule. Um, they, every year Dak makes you a believer, right? And <laughs> I almost started falling into it. I told you a few weeks back. I was like, man, you know what? Dak looks good, man. I'm this new offensive scheme. You know, something something seems to be clicking. You know, they they dropped thirty five points on the Giants week one. The the Giants. Um, they head into the next game. They put up thirty one on the Redskins. The Redskins. Um, and then they go on you know to tough ass Miami. <clears throat> Drop thirty one. You know they're they're rolling thirty plus points three straight weeks. 31 to 6, they put on the Dolphins. And then, you know, from there on, they, they continue to uh, put on 10 points against the Saints. Then um, they face the Packers, who the Packers, Packers I mean, 24 to 34, it looks like a decent competitive game with, with the box score, but they absolutely got obliterated by the Packers' run game. It wasn't even a game. There was garbage time points to make it look like it was somewhat of a game, but it was never a game. Five rushing touchdowns. Five. It, it, absolutely embarrassing. Two straight losses there after three straight wins. Uh, and then they go to uh, to face the Jets, 
with the uh, um, with the quarterback coming back from, um, and I think there were two score favorites in that game. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, from which they, should, which they should have been. Yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> they had a quarterback coming back from what mono. So I mean, <laughs> dude is on his deathbed, comes back to this game. You know, Don't after, kiss him after making out with his dog or however he got it. I'm not sure uh, how Darnold got that, but. Yeah, guy That's coming back from, 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 you know, the Make old – Make out with his dog. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you get my way in one of these days. Get over uh, here. Yeah, get over here, Brutus. The K-9 love. I don't know. It was weird. Uh, so, yeah, and then and they go on to, to make it three straight losses by losing to the Jets 24 to, to 22. Uh, not sure how that even is possible, but I just want to give this L to them because – Every year, man, we have to hear from the Cowboys. They start off hot, or they or they get a hot streak somewhere in the season, and that's the truth, man. Every year, we have to hear. We I know we hear it every year with the with the Raiders, with the Raider fans, because we know we, obviously me lands know quite a bit of Raiders fans, just from a lot a lot of us friends and family in, uh, in California. We have to hear it every year, but we all I think they know it deep inside. But a lot of these Cowboy fans really believe it. They them boys every year. <laughs> Quick question: Yeah, we're the Dallas Cowboys topic. Who would you take, Romo or uh, Dak? I, they never should have got rid of Romo in the first place. They let him go too soon, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I, I don't think there's any question. You I think I'm not here to shit on Dak. I do. I like Dak. Yeah, I you like were, him. You were a borderline Dak sucker. Uh, yeah, I was sucking that Dak. But I, I just, I, I was honestly, I was starting to believe. I was starting to believe, man. I was really, I was going down on them, right? I was starting to, believe, I was really, just, honestly, I was starting to. And believe. now everyone's down. Yeah, yeah. So now he's going down on himself. Uh, so I don't know, man. Like it's, and I think I, I think they're going to make it four straight losses because I think the Eagles are going to beat them this week. Um, I just think I, I don't know, man. Every year, every year, well, we Tyrus Smith and a t- several other your guys. Your coach are going is down trash. Too. Your quarterback is mediocre. He has hot flashes when he looks good, but that's only against, that's only been against trash teams. Every time he's been facing really good teams, he shits the bed. And your coach is terrible, and your offensive scheme isn't going to work for long because now we have tape, and Dak is limited, and that's pretty much all I got to say about that. So Dallas Cowboys franchise, coach, fans, anybody who's associated with him, anybody who has a Dallas Cowboys tattoo or a decal on your car, um, all you guys can go ahead and uh, hold, hold this L. L. Hold this L. So, yeah. <clears throat> That's 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 yep. Yeah, that's all I gotta say about that. So they might get their win at, uh, next win after uh, they face they lose to the Eagles this week though because they got the Giants again. So thank you, God for that trash division. You guys ever been in a like a relationship or? Yes, plenty. Um, I, I should have asked Eddie. Unfortunately, <laughs> Eddie, you ever known a girl? No, I was kidding. You guys ever been? You guys ever been in one of those? Like, one of the, one of, you guys ever been in those? One of those relationships where it's. Uh, you feel like they're the best you could do. I mean, let's just be real here for a second. I don't want to get all sentimental on it, but let, you have that relationship, you get close to them, and you get attached, and then they leave, and you're all heartbroken, and you think you'll never do better than that. <laughs> Only that you do. And then you're like, wow, why was I so hung up on them? I'm doing so much better in my life right now. Wow, I'm awesome. They suck. So the Washington Nationals, Washington Nationals oh, uh, had a. Uh, I knew exactly where you're going with this. Had, had, a, had, had, had themselves. They're having themselves a season. Uh, they just are. They're heading to their first <laughs> World Series in their franchise history, and 
you know, obviously they're an incredible team. I mean, you're talking about Max Scherzer and, and Steven Strasburg, who's been complete nails. Uh, Juan Castro, who's a 19-year-old phenom, you know, hitter. And th- that team's just loaded with talent. So, of course, it's not crazy to think they'd make the World Series. But here's the thing. <laughs> they just lost one of the best position players in the entire world yep. this last offseason. A guy they drafted, what was it, eight years ago. And they thought he was the next Babe Ruth, the next great Goliath player. And he goes off, moves off from them, goes out and gets himself a, what was it, a $400 million contract. Yeah, I'll take it. With the Phillies, you're thinking, oh, okay, well, this guy's clearly you know bound for success. The Phillies are a good organization. He just made generational wealth. He won, right? Only he didn't because the Nationals got the last laugh. So as crazy as it is to say a guy that made almost half a billion dollars in his newest contract, he's the one that lost. Because when he was with the Nationals, they had insane talent. Mm -hmm. They were maybe just as talented, if not more talented. We should have talked to Cody about this before he got out. But the Nationals prevailed and went further than they ever did with the guy that is better than anyone they currently have in their position field as far as the position players. So... This is one of the biggest ones I think I've ever given out, man, because this is such a reflection and such a hit on Bryce Harper's legacy because this doesn't happen very often where a great player, I I will go out and say it, he's going to make the Hall of Fame for him to leave a franchise in the very next season. They go further than they ever did with him. That is a massive fucking loss. That doesn't usually happen. Never. Never happens. So here we go. Bryce Harper, please do me a favor and hold a major league L. <laughs> this is the second week I've done that. I'm getting terrible at this. It's horrible. Okay, no, but, but but seriously, that 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 is so comical. And I I was kind of hoping you guys wouldn't get this one because I was really really Dude, open. Yeah, that was a, that was a layup. But yeah, that was <laughs> absolutely hilarious. Oh man, it was That's, so it's it so good to be him for. And of course, he's now. taking the high road, which I respect. You know, he's saying like I have no animosity towards team and all this stuff. But dude. I mean, my God, you guys were barely making the playoffs when he was there. And now yeah. you're going to the World Series relying on a 19-year-old. And Definitely an FML moment. It's, man. Yeah, man, no doubt. So, But, hey, enjoy your $400 million, man. No no hate towards you on that. Your grandkids, grandkids, grandkids are going to be wealthy as fuck. So yeah. congratulations on that. But, my God, you're going to have to hold the L tonight, brother. So No doubt. Episode 34 was fun, guys. Uh, Big shout-out to our guy Cody Tapp for showing up tonight, talking some Royals. We're definitely going to have him back during the Royals season next year, maybe even through the winter meetings. uh, I think that's February when that all starts to really take place, Uh, pitchers and catchers and all that fun stuff. So we'll definitely have him come back, talk of that. But definitely follow him at Cody B. Tapp on Twitter. Listen to Tapping the Plate, 610 Sports Radio Podcast. For Eddie Ortiz, for Trevor Twidwell, I am Lance Twiddle here inside the KC Beardco Studios. Episode 34 is a wrap. The Spoken is out. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned in to The Spoken. I might actually stick stick around for a little bit.